You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Yorkshire? Excuse me, this is Darby, isn't it? I'd almost given up on you. I miss us all. I keep house for Mr. Farnham. I'm Farnham, Siegfried. New assistant. Oh, I? Another one. Mr. Farnham's new assistant. Another one. Let's put forward. I've got a gelding gone wrong in oof. Well, we certainly don't want that. I've dealt with many horses before. This will be my first. <laughs> Pick my brother up from the station. He should be on the 430. How'd you find him? My brother, I mean. He's not without his inconsistencies. Inconsistencies. The man's a lunatic. Blimey. Quite something, isn't it? That's no way to greet Mr. Harriet. You are a handsome devil. Can I see you sometime? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have... It's not that, it's just... This is where you're hiding. Who's this? James Harriet. Harriet! Siegfried's bark really is worse than his bite. Underneath it all, he's a good man. Stand up to him. He'll love you for it. Up in the dales, surrounded by those hills. There's no place on earth like it. Careful. Once it gets in your bones, it's hard to get out. I'm not sure I want it to. Hey there, everybody at home. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right. We are back. That's right, folks. We have a good one for you. We are looking at all creatures, great and small. Let's put a little caveat on that. We are going to be talking all about the new version of it that started in 2020, not the old 1970s version with Peter Davison. So it will be a lot of fun to talk about this one. And we got a great crew to talk to us about it. Of course, Mr. Mike is here. Howdy. And we are also joined by Ashley Pauls. Hello. Thank you, as always, for having me back. And last but never least, Michelle Borg. It's pretty awesome to have you here. Hi. It's going to be a good one to talk about. Not and talking about music. I know. I was about to say, it's going to be nice having you here, not to talk all about music or anything. So mm. it's going to be a ton of fun. So... This is going to be an interesting one, and we'd love to hear from you guys. And it's interesting how popular this show had become. And people I'd never even expected to be watching it were like, oh, are you watching All Creatures Great and Small? It's like, yeah, I am. It's like, so it's it's pretty awesome. So definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Feedback at earthstation1.com. 
it's always the best way to get in touch with us. And if you get a chance, please like and subscribe and a little, you know, thumbs up on the bell on the YouTube folks. So that way, if you want, you can uh, get notifications when we post new videos and we're coming to you now twice a week. So it's pretty awesome. So very cool stuff going on. So, Mr. Mike, ready to take it away? Ready to go to the countryside of southern England? Yes, to uh is it Derby? Where is it? What? Where where are they where do they where is Yorkshire, it? Place? Yorkshire the, Dales. It's Yorkshire, which is northern England. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. See see yeah. we're all messed up. I think, <laughs> I think uh yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So I guess so before we watch the next episode, <laughs> everybody next, listening next to season. Britain is I'm like, sorry. I'm sorry. I was yeah. talking about a completely different all creatures, great and small. Uh yeah, anyway. Exactly. Uh another yeah. one. I know, right? Um and there have been a few um versions of this. Uh Michelle, what's your history with the franchise? Um, I was reading the books back in the day. Back in back in high school, I read all the books, had every single book. I had a James Harriet Yorkshire calendar on my wall every year for like a decade. Um, they only stopped making them when he passed. Um, I really did. I did not watch the uh, the original uh, 70s series. I don't know why. I saw the first movie, which I think had Anthony Hopkins and Siegfried Farnan. Mm. Um, I saw that in the theater, but never watched the original series for reasons I don't know. And uh, and this was a must view for you this time. This yes. new series, yeah. This time around was a must see. Gotcha, gotcha. Ashley, what about you? What's your history with the series? Yeah, so I um, have memories growing up. One of my favorite traditions is as a family we would do like story time before bed, and like my dad or my mom would read to us. And I remember that we read through some of the all creatures, great and small stories. And I'm pretty sure I've seen some form of live action. um, I don't know whether it was the TV show or a movie or something like that. So it's hard to remember far back into childhood, but I was familiar with it. And then part of the reason why I was excited about this is just, I'm a huge fan of PBS masterpiece in general. I really like the selection of shows they have and Pretty much if they're coming out with a new show, I want to at least check it out and give it a chance because I just really appreciate their high quality and enjoy seeing, um, getting some exposure to British dramas. So yeah, I was really looking forward to this, um, when I heard that this was going to be coming out. Cool. Cool. Mike, what about you? What made, what, what, what put this on your must watch list? Um, for me, it was, it was duty, right? No, actually it was me. (laughs) <laughs> it, it was me uh, because I had watched the 1979 version of it uh, because of Peter Davison. Because that's, you know, when they announced that he was going to be the fifth doctor. And because I came into the into Doctor Who when it was still Tom Baker. And then when they announced the fifth doctor, they said, oh, Tristan from All Creatures Great and Small is going to be the new doctor. And so PBS, of course where I grew up was also showing all creatures. And so I watched it expecting, you know, some sci-fi thing or something and no, didn't get that at all. (laughs) No, not at all. But I ended up reading the books actually when I was in college and um, I read all of them and loved every second of it. It was exciting. It was interesting. And I liked the characters, especially since I had seen the TV show. So I had the voices in my head you know, when I read the different characters and such. And then when they announced the new one, 
Judy did actually tell me what she was the one who said, because we have the PBS app and we watch Masterpiece all the time or other programming on PBS like Austin City Limits and uh, Bluegrass Underground and, you know, other music shows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we saw the preview for All Creatures that it was they were doing a new version, we were there. And it's like it just and then it looked more realistic, more like the books than even the old versions of it. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I, I, wow. I'm the only one here who hasn't read the books. <laughs> wow. Um, I, uh, also haven't, I didn't watch any of the original series, uh, see any of the movies or anything. I came into this pretty cold. I mean, I was aware that Tom Davison was, uh, or Peter Davison rather was in, uh, the 78 version, uh, 78 through 90. But uh, it's weird because it seems like he he did All Creatures for three years. Then he did Doctor Who. Then he went back to doing Tristan and All Creatures for like five <laughs> years. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, so, um, but I, that's all. And I, and I knew it was on PBS when I was growing up, but I, I just didn't. I don't know. I guess it didn't anything appeal to me in it. So, um, so, and I was under the impression that Peter Davison was the star of the show, and he's not. Mm -mm, uh, no. like he plays Tristan, nope. and he doesn't even appear until the second or third episode. Um, yep. And he's not in all the episodes uh, by far. Um, so, um, yeah, that was a big uh, a shock to me. I was like, oh, which one is, you know, Peter Davison playing? When I got to know the characters, I was like, oh, he's Tristan. I'm like, wow, that, that's weird. I never, he didn't seem like a Tristan to me, but um so yeah i'm looking at everything hindsight uh from the new series on um but uh yeah i was game uh this is a, a as you guys have said all of you said that pbs puts out some really good masterpiece theater uh programming uh of course doubt nabby uh, and this has ties with doubt nabby because one of the directors of uh doubt nabby uh, a lot of the episodes uh has directed a lot of the episodes of this season all well actually all three seasons Yep. Uh, that would be Brian Percival. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's got those, uh, it's got the, uh, the big landscape pictures. Like uh, it seems like they go drone crazy. Like <laughs> <showing. laughs> the cinematography in this is just amazing. It yeah. is beautiful. gorgeous. It makes I, I me do, want to move to the countryside in the UK. Like I do wonder if they have to put in any sort of, you know, special effects because i'm like really is the is the countryside really that like uh you gorgeous. know no not gorgeous well i mean gorgeous yes but i mean is it really that open and not modern or and there's nothing to like i don't know i mean it seems like there are so few and far between that there are landscapes like that anymore you know well they probably have I, to cgi out the you know the power tolls and stuff like that and but the roads are all like that out there i'm sure and stuff and um, I haven't been to necessarily that area, but I had a chance to uh, go to Scotland as sort of my after college celebration trip. And yeah, it's amazing, but there are just like breathtaking, just like wide open green spaces that, yeah, you're right. It's just amazing that there are still places that haven't been commercialized that are just still kind of that charming, you know, fresh, open country air. Yeah. Yeah. Um if we haven't made it, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but uh, fair warning, if you have not watched any of the seasons, uh, we are going to go into some spoilers. So um, we want to do a deep discussion of everything that we've seen so far. How exciting. <laughs> spoilers. Start with Ashley. What uh, 
What was it about? You can either series one or was it a character, an episode? What's something um, that uh, you really took from the show? Because if I'm not mistaken, you have referred to this show as some of the best TV right now, right? So, yes. so I'm curious, what makes it the best TV for you? Well, this um, came out kind of in the midst of the pandemic era. And it was a time when I feel like everyone was scared, anxious, exhausted. And this movie just kind of felt like a cozy ray of sunshine. Every time I sat down to watch it, it felt like sitting down and having a cup of tea with some good friends. And even though it's a comforting show, it's not necessarily, it's not like a guilty pleasure. It's not something that's fluffy and forgettable. Like these characters has some depth to them. There are some emotional moments. It just really, it's great to see a really nice character driven drama. Like I love action movies. I know we all do and sci-fi and superhero, but sometimes it's also nice to just step back and have a movie or a movie or TV series that just focuses on characters and them going through life and uh, developing as people. And it's cool to see all of the characters from James Harriet kind of coming into his own as a young professional and a vet and Siegfried seeing him soften up a little bit, although he's still that lovable grumpy guy that um, we've all come to love, but in Tristan seeing him kind of grow up and gain maturity. So it just is all around. It's just a really nice feel good show. And um, one that I, I really don't have any complaints about it or anything I would do differently. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, Michelle, what about the show um, is is working for you? Again, beautiful cinematography, just the breathtaking scenery, um, well-written, character-driven um, stories. Um, all the characters get a chance to stretch. Uh, we saw in the, I think it was the last episode of season three, the scenes with Mrs. Hall and her son. Um, mm -hmm. a big yeah. change of pace for her character, um, a whole new side, uh, stories with, with depth, um, and respect for animals and characters. Um, there's so many shows in which a rural setting would be comedy and the under, the the undercurrent of the show is always love and respect for that place and those people and that time. Um, so it is it is a very uh, chicken soup for the soul uh, kind of feeling. Mike, you're you're sort of smiling, and you agree? No, I'm agreeing completely because you know this is set in you know 1930s England in the country. And you would expect something like this to be a Green Acres type thing or, you know, some kind of like they're all like country bumpkins and everything. But everyone is respectful in this one. And the chemistry between the, the cast is just amazing. And that is one of the things that you caught right in the very first episode. And it it was awesome. And you see the care they take for these animals, no matter what, from the littlest birds, the dogs, the cats, all the way up to the cows and the horses and the sheep. 
you know, no matter what, you know, these doctors, you know, we have Siegfried, you have James, and of course, you then have, of course, Tristan. And it's each one of them care for the animals. You know, for the first season and a half, Tristan is a true screw up. And he's like, you know, he does, you know, he basically wants to making James do t- all the work and he's going to try to get the credit for it or, but you see his character growing in this period and becoming more mature. And, but even in, when he's like goofing off and everything, he still cares for all the pets and, or the animals. And that's what I love about the show. And it is it is a it is an entertaining it is a fun and it's not action packed but it is a great great show that makes you care for these characters right from the very beginning it really to me represents the kind of programming that we really don't get much of, we don't see much anymore but it was really prevalent when i was younger shows like little house on the prairie or the waltons uh were were of this ilk where they were they were about families and they were about uh, surviving and they were about, they were character driven. They were people driven and they had drama, but it wasn't like guns in your face, explosions drama, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. more, it's more in some ways more realistic. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and this show seems to have uh, with the cinematography and every, the music and everything, it just, uh it, it's really like it is like comfort food as ashley said it's like it's it, it's like you know this just makes you feel good when you watch it um and uh i will say for the first couple seasons uh you know it was like you know you just had this notion that you know it wasn't boring but you had this notion that everything was going to turn out all right so if ever there was a animal in distress or however bad things sort of got you were kind of like you know what they're going to get through this because that's what this show does um to me that changed in season three <laughs> yeah. uh, season three uh i'm not sure if there's an episode where an animal doesn't perish um uh it's drastically different because they're setting the tone for you know world war ii it's is understandable but it's really a weird kind of shift that this show took ashley you you responded there did you notice that and is it jarring yes i did definitely notice it well just based on the um timing of the series like 1930s england like we know as modern viewers you have the threat of um World War II looming. And I thought it was really interesting seeing uh, Siegfried's experience and he's coming into this with knowing about what went on in World War One. So he has kind of that, you know, experience. He knows that war isn't an exciting adventure. It's a terrible thing. And he's just like grief stricken and seeing his concern like James and Tristan could now have to go through this too. And so... But I feel like they've handled it respectfully, like it makes sense within the historical period, like they're addressing World War II just because it was such a big part of the history. And I also like how they are bringing in the animals, like just how um, deeply troubled, you know, Siegfried was by the tragedy of seeing all those, you know, horses just killed at the end of World War One, and that experience and how that shaped him and, you know, has led to his dedication to beat, to provide compassionate care for animals, doing everything he can to save them. So, um, 
it will be really interesting to see. I'm sure uh, James and Tristan, as they go forward, if they end up serving in the veterinary course, seeing bringing some of that, you know, compassionate attitude in with them. So, yeah, I think there's, I hope they don't take it too dark just again because of what the tone of the show is, but it is interesting to see them addressing some of the real life history that happened. It's going to be interesting though, because, you know, having read the books, you know, if they're going to do the time jump after the season, mm. you know, and, you know, till after, after the war and so, cause so it would be real interesting to see where they go with that because it, you know, they've gone, it feels like one season just is one season after another, after another, after another, and it's no time really goes by, you know, you have like little periods here and there, you know, with, you know, the building between the relationship between James and Helen and, you know, the, it, it just wasn't overnight, but it was, you know, and then the third season, it felt like they jumped different periods. Like I know they, jumped like between the end of the season and the Christmas special. Mm, yeah. yeah. And there are a couple months, like six months went by and I know, you know, and Siegfried was trying to protect both, you know, James and of course, you know, what, he, what they were doing with, you know, Tristan, you know, Tristan falling in love and then him being, you know, him not knowing where his life was going, tried, you know, proposing but that was such a Tristan thing to do, you know, hmm. because, you know, he was like, I, you know, I like you, I want to be with you and you marry me. And she's like, I barely know you. I want to get, to, you know, type thing. And it was just very interesting to do. And I think the most grown up thing he's ever done is register to be in the army. So well, it, I mean, it was maybe, uh, I mean, that's debatable, but, um, I mean, certainly, you know, is he running away from his problems or is he, you know, stepping up? Uh, I think I he's stepping up. That's I, just my uh, opinion. He's stepping up, but there's a lot of naivete there. To see oh. him in that boxcar, laying in the straw, smiling as he's going off to war, I'm like, you don't know. You don't know what's ahead of you. Yeah. No. And, and his brother does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, as as... You know, as as uh, overbearing as he was to try to interfere with Tristan not getting called up, um, you know, he definitely had his reasons because he saw firsthand what war does. And uh, why would you want that for a sibling? Why would you want that for anybody you cared about? Right. You wouldn't. But the thing is, Siegfried always, you know, throughout this whole series has babied Tristan. You know, he's, you know, hidden about you know him if he passed the schooling or if he didn't pass it and you know trying to basically take take it easy on him because it was his little brother and you know they started resenting each other because of it and it was just interesting to see how they came out against each other on different times because of you know trist you know tristan you know wanted to you know, get out there in the field and everything. But of course, you know, it's just Siegfried is just, you know, being pretending to be a bully, but he had his Tristan's best interests in heart, at least what he thought was Tristan's best interests. Sure, sure. Yeah. And as we've seen many times, he has difficulty expressing that the right way. 
because yeah. um, he's Siegfried, right? No, um, of course. Uh, Michelle, what did you think about the the tone shift? Because I know from watching with you, I know that there were several times in the last season where you're like, I can't, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. I mean, it was, uh, do you think it was a little too much? Uh, I think the only time that I actually got up and left, um, was the, the World War One and the destruction of the horses. I was like, um, I, I am, I'm not here for this, which I know, they, I know they, at least they didn't and, show it. They didn't yeah, show it. At I all. knew they weren't going to be graphic. But it was just like, I need a break yeah. from this. Understandable. Uh, um, yeah, it's been, I wouldn't say grim, but it has been a lot darker. Yeah. And well, the world was becoming darker at the that point. The world was becoming darker. The shadow was, um, I am very curious how they're going to approach this because World War II was six years long. Yeah. Uh, in real life, uh, James Harriet, Alf White, uh, served for a little less than a year, um, uh, Brian Sinclair, who was the model for Tristan, he served uh, several years. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. all six, but he was stationed in India with the Royal Veterinary Corps. Alf White was uh, RAF. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see how they approach that and how long it how long it goes. Yeah, well, um, I mean, if it's an indication, uh, the original series went three seasons and ended with. Uh, Tristan and uh, James uh, signing up, enlisting in the both of them enlisted in the RAF in that series, Um, and then the show ended for a few years, uh, and then came back. And when they came back, it was uh, the war was over; they were all back, you know, uh, at home again. So, I, I, I to your point, Mike, I don't know, you know, if this series intends to fill that gap or. Uh, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to see a show where, you know, on the one side we see like Siegfried, like trying to mine the store. And then we like flash over to wherever James and Tristan are, whether they're together or separate in some sort of World War II drama mission. Like I don't Mm -hmm. killing Nazis. I like, I don't really like Mm -hmm. that. That's not the show I signed up for. (laughs) No. See, I think that was one of the biggest mistakes that Downton Abbey did when they did World War One, and they actually took it out to the battlefield for an episode or so. Yes, they did, yeah. And I I didn't think they needed to go there, and I don't think this show should at all. It's just not necessary. That's why I think I'm hoping they're going to do the time jump. And I know, you know, from research and hearing, reading news stories and such, they've been they've been renewed for at least one more season. Yes. Right. So we're going to get a season four, but I don't know what the where they're going to go from there. I hope they keep on going. I want to see them do all the books. I want to see them go, you know, for many, many years. I just that's how much I like the characters and I like what they're doing with this. Well, Mike, I'll start with you then, because I was going to ask, because I'm the only one who hasn't, I guess, you know, really familiar with the books. Do you feel it's an uh, accurate, honest adaptation of the books? I think in a lot of ways, I think this is more closer to the books than the older TV show was. And that's one of the things I liked about it was it felt like the books were coming to life when I was watching this more so. But, you know, there's they can't do everything that's in the books either. And so, but I, I like how they're producing it and I like what they're doing with it. 
And I think the characterizations are also closer to what I was picturing through by from reading the books. Ashley, what about you? What do you how do you feel about the relationship between the books, the original source material and this? Yeah. So um, I would say that I tend to have a hard time sometimes holding on to very specific details of stories over long stretches of time, which can be both a blessing and a curse because I can pick up a book I read 10 years ago and it's like, this is a new story. So I don't remember a lot about the books from childhood, but I would say I feel like it does a good job like capturing the feeling of these vets working in the English countryside and providing a story that introduces it, reintroduces it to modern audiences, but still kind of retains that historical feel. So I, I think they have uh, struck a nice balance. Michelle, would you say that's fair or? Oh, I'd agree. It's been quite a long time since I've read the books, but, um, but I, I feel like the the current show um, works really hard at the authenticity of, of that era mm-hmm. and um, and the spirit. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I do love that there is some lightheartedness to this. It's not all serious and it's not all, you know, oh, we're just vets. Let's go out and, you know, save some animals and everything. They have interaction with the townspeople and there's mm-hmm. some lightheartedness in it, especially around Tristan. You had a lot of it, you know, with his womanizing, with the fo- the girl at the bar, the bartender, and then a couple other folks. And just even – or then you had Diana Rigg, who was in the first season. Mm-hmm. She you was know, great. With, that, her, for, uh, with her first dog. Yeah. Which was awesome. And it was great to see her. And it was sad. You know, she passed, you know, right before they were start, supposed to start with season two. Yeah, and that was that was a interesting shift too because obviously they kept the character, she they just recast her, but they recast her as like a like it was completely different. They did not try to find someone who resembled in any way uh the late Diana Rigg and uh Dame, right? Uh Diana Rigg. Um but so it was kind of jarring. You know, I I I still every time I see her kind of like think to myself wow how would diana rigg play that because i don't know if uh that would work if it was diana rigg still in that role but um but let's start it yeah and it's interesting that you guys say that because i know that the original series each episode was adapted by the book from the books and in this series it's a little it's a lot looser like they don't go specific episode story by story they just kind of you know, blend and mix and match seems like certain events that happen uh, throughout the seasons. Um, but uh, well, we mentioned Mrs. Pomfrey and Tricky Poo, uh, Tricky, Tricky, Tricky Woo, Tricky Woo, Tricky Woo, Tricky Woo. Um, woo, woo, what woo. are uh, what are some of the other characters that you uh, and they can be the main cast or you know the recurring characters? Uh, what are some of the characters or storylines that you uh, that you really like and enjoy watching in this show, Ashley? I um, appreciate Helen as a character because I think it's cool to see um, a woman in this era who is basically involved in running a business, her family's farm, and just seeing the close relationship between um, her father and her sister and how they are all running this operation together and just to see how involved and knowledgeable she is and um, 
have enjoyed seeing her now as she gets more involved with the practice as well, like helping with the management and some of the business side. Like it's cool to see her recognized for her intelligence and value that she can bring. And then again, Mrs. Hall is wonderful. I feel like she keeps everyone in line, which is definitely a full-time job. I mean, if you have like Sig, two people like Siegfried and Tristan involved in the business, like you need someone to just kind of keep the peace, keep them involved and keep them in line. But yeah, there, there's so many other great, um, side characters too, but those are, um, aside from James, Tristan and, uh, Siegfried, those are the two that stand out to me. It, uh, it, it did anybody else, uh, kind of get the feeling that they were trying to, um, sort of match make, uh, Siegfried and Mrs. Hull like this, this last mm-hmm. season? No, I kind of got that vibe, but I was like, am I just imagining this? So I, so, I you're not because... the only one. I, I, sometimes I thought. Because when uh, Siegfried saw her kissing the guy, he didn't look very happy about it. (laughs) Now, granted, he hates change of any kind. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Because she was afraid that, you know, you know, he was afraid that she would, you know, go off with him. Yeah, he's already got his two assistants leaving. uh, Or his brother and his partner, I should say. Uh, Yes. uh, So, yeah, I mean... Uh, I can, I, I, it could have been that way, but there were too many times where they kind of just, you know, and visually they had them sitting like together, like mother and father Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, making decisions and sort of things like that. And it just seemed like, I was like, oh, they're coupling them a little bit, uh, just visually. Um, but it, there's nothing, there's no words there. And obviously we find out that, uh, uh this is how once well i we don't even know she's available i mean we i mean we don't as you pointed out michelle like we don't even know if she's divorced mrs hall yeah i i think she's divorced because i don't know yeah i'm not sure if they're legally divorced or they're just Mm. separate yes but you know it was obviously though you know the son was blaming himself for not defending his mother from the father Mrs. Mrs. Hall's ex. So he was blaming her for locking him up. Yeah. Well, exactly though. So it was, but it was interesting. And I would say, you know, it's, she's a complicated character, but I was happy to see that she realized that she should be with that gentleman. And, you know, cause he, she kept on like pushing him away and pushing him away. And then the, in the Christmas episode, she finally realized, don't be an idiot. And, you know, mm-hmm. he does like you. And what is it going to hurt? You know, it's time to, for her, it was time to grow and time to move along. She and deserves was, some happiness. Yeah, yes. exactly. Which is weird because he's leaving. So we'll see what happens. Like if, I, he, if she's following him or if they have a long distance thing or if he decides to stay. I don't think anywhere there is all that long distance anyway. So. Yeah. It's a couple of towns away, you know, from what it sounded like. Uh, so, but yeah, know. but, but, but she was, he was also leaving because she basically rejected him. So. Well, yes. So. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other characters that, uh, that you like? So. Um, I would like, I second, um, the feelings about Helen and her dad. I just love her dad. There's so much. Oh, the dad's uh, below awesome. Below the surface. 
of the dad. Oh, um, totally. He's he's lost his wife. He has two wonderful daughters. He's got this younger one that's um she Jenny is just love her to death. So mature, so insightful. She's she is just a delight and dang, she's grown this season. I mean, she just shot up. <laughs> yep. Um uh she is she is really special and it's it's very cool to realize this is the uh, uh, that actress that's this is her first role mm-hmm. and she is wow. just completely owning it um kudos to her um she is just an absolute delight it's awesome i love the chemistry with the family and helen's father is awesome and i really felt for him this last season with the whole thing with the tb Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That and, was tough. And, you know, because farmers at that time, they could be put out put out of business because they had to, it was almost like six months, mm-hmm. they had to be in quarantine for yeah. for the animals. And that other and that, farmer, that I, I don't remember his name, but he was so good-natured about it. And then he kind of hit that breaking point. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The one where the they took away his best cow by mistake. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, that was stressful. <laughs> yes, it was very stressful. And and you got to feel for that guy. Mm-hmm. And the the young widow, um, she was having trouble with her herd. Something completely different. Parasites. Yep. And they were trying to save her herd, and and they uh, kept on dying off. Dying off, and. And. And it was just luck that they figured out what it was. But that's real life and everything. And that was pretty awesome. And of course, of course, don't watch, you know, Last of Us and then watch this also. Because, you know, (laughs) when the things start dying off, you go, don't go. And the clickers and everything like that. It's just like, no, you don't want to see that. No, no. not a good double feature, you're saying. No, 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 no. Uh... Um, Mike, what about, uh, what about you? What are some of the other characters that, uh, you respond to? You know, you know, who really impressed me was, um, Matthew Lewis, who played Hugh Halton, because Matthew Lewis is known to a lot of folks from Harry Potter, because he's Neville Logbottom. Yeah. And he's grown up quite a bit. And I think in the first season and a half, he was great. He, cause that's, he was on it for like the first, a lot of the first season, cause he was Helen's fiance at first. Yeah. And it was it was interesting. And instead of him being a jerk in the second season and, you know, the, the jilted lover, you know, like you would, you know, in TV shows nowadays, he was a mensch, as my grandmother would say. And he he did he did well. He did some, you know, snide things. But otherwise, it was more of towards Helen, but not towards, you know, of course, not towards James, which was real interesting. So I like that character. Um, Helen's family is really, really awesome. And, you know, Mrs. Hall is just awesome. She is, she is such a, she's the bread and butter that keeps that place together. And, you know, but Helen, I think I loved it that they didn't have Helen. Oh, I'll just, you know, be here cleaning the house with Mrs. Hall or something after her and James got married. She basically took up doing all the paperwork for James for the TB testing and everything. And I could see her running the, and if you read the books, she does end up running the business and everything. So it's pretty awesome. 
that you know that they showed that and how strong of a character Helen is mm -hmm. and you know so it's pretty cool yeah um i uh also want to give uh particular attention to uh nicholas ralph as james harriet himself like that's like to me the show is is on his shoulders i mean it is an ensemble but really i mean he's the main character and and it's and he plays this vet that comes into this town you know obviously he's a fish out of water at the beginning um and I was kind of worried because it seemed like in the first few episodes, they made him out to be some sort of wonderkin. Like he was never wrong. Like he like was able to diagnose all these animals and be right about all of them and everything like that. And they, they really toned that down uh, by the end of the first season uh, or series uh, and uh, into the second and third now. Um, but it's not easy to play compelling characters that are like really, really good really really good guys <laughs> like you know what i mean like like you know like everybody likes han solo yeah luke skywalker's all right but everybody likes <laughs> like you know like um uh and so when you've got tristan there he's sort of the han solo right but um the guy who plays james is really like compelling um and i find that i'm never like wandering when he's on screen i think he's just really good and he really, he really owns the role the same thing with samuel west as siegfried um yeah. I mean, just you, the way Samuel West plays that, you never really know what's going on with Siegfried because he just has so much going on with his his eyes and his face. Like, it's just like he puts everything into the role. And uh, I do think that uh, the two of them are, are really outstanding. Like, if I were in Britain giving out awards, like, they certainly would be up for it for sure. Siegfried has the best angry face I've ever seen, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he could he can stare you down from across oh, the room. Oh God, yes. It's I would much not want to get into a blinking contest with that it's, man. It's Never. much different than the Siegfried in the uh 70s show, uh 70s series, that's for sure. Um because I mean that guy is just sort of a crazy and my my guess is my understanding from the book is that the character that he's based on was kind of a a loose cannon, right? Like I think there was a story about him like you know, shooting a gun to get people out of the house to, yeah. if they wouldn't leave like, after a party or something. Yeah, the the real Siegfried and Tristan, um, they were the Sinclair brothers, Donald Sinclair and his brother Brian. And um, they've toned Siegfried down considerably. I think, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yes. pe people who knew Donald Sinclair described him as quite mad. Um, he was really really a one-off very unique um kind of crazy um and the brothers really did have that love hate constant tug of war going on um when the books came out um alf white james harriet tried very hard to cover a lot of identities and he made a lot of composite characters but everybody that read them knew immediately <laughs> who Donald Sinclair was and Donald Sinclair <laughs> was, he said, this is a test of our friendship, but they patched it up and, um, uh, Donald Sinclair outlived Alf White by, uh, I think a couple of years, mm -hmm. um, but they, they, they really were in real life friends to the ends of their lives. Mm. Um, they were all very close. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely want to um, 
uh, yeah, give props to them. I think they're the two outstanding. I mean, everybody, there's not a, there's not a single note that rings false in this show as far as casting goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they do a really good job. And for the most part, I'm surprised because outside of a few people here and there, I don't like recognize any of these actors. Uh, like they're all pretty new to me and I watch a lot of British programming. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, that, uh, that they're managed to find like, it's a small little island. How many actors can they possibly have? Um, I have often said from watching Doctor Who, I'm like, how does a small island nation produce such a bounty of amazing gifted character actors? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't done a count, but I, as far as I know, only one of the cast members, uh, recurring cast members has ever been on Doctor Who. Uh, and that was, uh, Dame Diana Reed. Yep. Um, uh, I, the others might've been in some small parts, but I don't, uh, I'm always shocked when I see a British actor and I'm like, how come you've never done Doctor Who? How is that possible? <laughs> um, but you know, that's, that's the Doctor Who fan in me. Uh, so, um, what else about the series is something that, is there anything that, that you don't care for in the series? Uh, is there anything that doesn't work for you? I mean, because that's, you know, it's hard to find a show where everybody is firing on all cylinders, right? There's not enough of them. That's what's wrong with it. (laughs) More episodes. Yes. (laughs) It's like six episodes in a Christmas special. Boom, they're done. Yeah. And it's like, like, I want more. You know, I don't want to wait another year, you know, until it comes back. And, you know, I got spoiled because we watch it on the PBS app. And they put it out all at once. We don't have to wait week by week for like on Masterpiece. Right. And because so. it airs in Britain first. Right. Uh, and it does, and it goes week to week on channel five and then they collect them all. And then it gets released here in the States, as Mike said, on PBS via the app or week to week, if you're just watching it. And we just, we just recorded it. So we just watched it uh, week to week, but we just binged like the heck out of it this week. Cause we wanted to get caught up. Mm-hmm. Um. You look like you have got the, is there something about the show that you, another note or something that you wanted to say? Um, Oh, just a trivial note, trivia note about uh, Samuel West. He is the son of uh, a well-known actor in Brittany, Timothy West, and of Prunella Scales, who was uh, Mrs. Basil Fawlty. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yep. This little side note. Wow. The only criticism that I would, the only one that I would level at the show is the, this Christmas show that I just watched, there were a couple of spots where I thought the writing was a little uneven. Um, the thing about Eva, they took her in and it's about three months between September when war was declared and Christmas. And it's it's like complete news to everybody that she's Jewish and they act like they don't know anything whatsoever like what is hanukkah that you a speak lot of, of? Pe- a lot of people out there don't know what it is still you, you, yeah you would be surprised <laughs> i can go to the midwest here in the united states and they don't know what hanukkah is so wow. yeah okay. so yeah um, at so, least like so. at least people like Siegfried and they seem like they're more cultured or at least yeah. they want to make they appear that they are yeah um and the the Eva was uh, such a percept, obviously perceptive, intelligent little girl, and it seemed odd that she seemed to really believe if she put on those slippers, she would magically 
go back to London. Mm, she was, yeah. she, was that, she was hoping. She was hoping, but she really did seem to believe, and it's like you're ten years. You're a little bit old for that. It that just did not ring quite true. It seemed like it was written to be a a, a tear jerky moment to set up a moment with with Sigrid. So, so tear jerker moment did not work for Michelle. Check. No. Got it. Uh, I I must admit, you know, throwing the girl in the mix. It's like usually that's a red flag for me on a series. It's like once the kid comes in, it's like red alert, red alert, red alert. The show's gonna go she, downhill. She she was not cousin Oliver, Mike. Don't worry. Yeah, well, you know, I had I had you know uh you know Wesley Crusher like the list goes on and on and on um the uh I know that when the series came back uh after World War uh two um when it came back uh, I think at that point uh James and Helen had a girl uh so I don't know maybe when they come back uh they there could be little feet running around that place wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, I would think a, an announcement would be coming yes. soon about mm-hmm. children. Yep. So I, I I'd think... like speaking of kids, I'd like to see that little boy again that came to be a vet for a day. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Oh, like he was uh, he was awesome. He was awesome. <laughs> what? Uh, and, it was, and it was cute because Siegfried really liked him too, mm-hmm. which is shocking because Siegfried doesn't like anybody. <laughs> he hates her. everyone. Yeah. yeah. Well, he pretends to, but we don't. What are some? What are are there things that you feel are unresolved that you want you want to see happen with the characters on the show? As the like, you know, when the series comes back, in some ways that it addresses. Uh, Ashley, is there anything that is 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 pending that you're like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens with these characters? Yeah, I would like to um, continue to see what happens with the TB testing and kind of see how that's addressed in the village and if people are more willing to adapt it as they see the benefits of it. Um, I would like to see Mrs. Hall continue to reconcile with her son to continue to get some closure there. Um, Yeah, I would kind of like to see Tristan continue his journey of growth and discovering more about himself and about the world. And yeah, I'm also just interested to kind of see again, as it's an interesting time in veterinary medicine, as they develop more of these tools and scientific methods and medicines and kind of see as that develops and they get more technology coming in. So yeah, I think there's still plenty of great uh, material left to explore and I can't wait till next year to see more. What about you, Michelle? Is there anything that you like? Is there anything from the books that you remember that you're like, oh, they haven't done that yet? That would be cool. To be honest, no. It's I have to go back and read the books. I would like to see, I think her name is is her name Flo, the the woman that Tristan was seeing. Uh yes. I think so. Yes. Um yes. she is so lovely oh, and yeah. so She's got such a spark. She's so intelligent and she she takes Tristan's measure like like that. She is so fun to watch. So I hope there is some some role for her going forward. And I want to know for sure that that jerk, the major, doesn't turn River into glue because <laughs> he's not going to run that race 
didn't run that race because he was lame, and that guy would turn a horse into glue like that. So, oh, in a heartbeat. I want some assurance that um, that River's are. okay. Mm, I don't think I. Gonna... I still can't. Um, I still uh, feel sad about Clive the Bull. Um, oh, have a moment here for Clive the Bull. Moment of silence. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Mike? Is there uh, something you want to make sure that's followed up with uh, as the show I continues? Just, I just want to see where they go, and especially if they cut a few years into the future. And, you know, because war changes everybody, whoever it hits, and it's going to affect the town. It's going to affect mm-hmm. everybody who mm-hmm. even do- aren't shifted off, especially in the UK with the air raids and everything, because they ship like that you saw in this episode, they shipped a lot of the children out to the countryside to live with families and such. So they would be safer than being in London because of the air raids. And um, it's going to change the dynamics on a lot of things. And then when they, people come back from war, you're going to have all these soldiers and, you know, the town's going to change. Also, it might not be the quiet little village that it was before. So it'll be very interesting to see how that hits. I want to see, you know, how the dynamic between Tristan and Siegfried is after Tristan being at war for four or five years in India. And did did he grow from it? Did he learn from it or not? You'll have to wait and see. And of course, the relationship between James and Helen. And then James and Siegfried. And, you know, it's just all the different dynamics. Because, you know, how long could, you know, James and Helen be living in the attic for, in the apartment? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I would hope that that would, uh, yeah, that they would, especially if a kid is, is into the picture, I would hope that they, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not do that. Um, uh, yeah, I um I definitely, like I said, don't want to see the events of World War II play out in this show. Um, I mean, if they do it, I give them, you know, confidence. I have confidence in them that they'll do it, you know, with tastefully. But uh, that's not, like I said, that's not why I uh, tune into this show. And I, I would like to, you know, I would like the, I would like the time jump. And then, like you said, Mike, it would be different um, to see the if the dynamics had changed with any of the characters. Uh, because, as you said, uh, you know, it shouldn't just go back to business as usual. Um, you know, as we've seen with the first hand with the pandemic, like, you know, once it's quote unquote over, it's still not business as usual. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's still things that linger. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I hope, cross my fingers, that... Uh, uh, Miss Hall's son makes it out uh, because, you know, we've got three young men going to war. The odds that all of them are going to come back are not very good. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that Tristan and James are going to come back. So, uh, you know, I hope they don't do that to her. Uh, poor thing. She's been through so much and she just reconnected with him, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I thought that scene was brilliant, too. Uh, having the, uh, you know, um, having the, uh, the the woman who is deaf. Uh, that could read lips and everything kind of be there um, to help her out, especially at the end when she couldn't hear what he was saying as the train was going. I thought that was a really nice touch and it didn't seem like, I mean, it was smaltzy, but it didn't seem like it was too like smaltzy. Uh, So I I, I did like that a lot. And that whole 
that whole episode and that whole part of that episode, I thought was done really, really well. Well, yes. it's really interesting though, with the series, that's one of the things I was going to bring up before we cut out of here was the, the use of actors with disabilities. If you notice in it, you have the one young, young man who has Down syndrome yeah. who, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the use of the, the characters who are deaf and able to read the lips and everything. And it was so well done. And I was very happy to see something like that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And the fact that the actors or sorry, the characters don't treat them any like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, no, don't special like, oh, you poor little soul. Yeah. They're not something. like, yeah, they're not singled out because of their uh, differences. Um uh, and that's the same with uh, skin color or ethnicity as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, you know, at least not from our main characters. There's not anything that's uh, quite there. So, I mean, if anything, uh, they're the the one that they're all like the, the at least everybody in the town is is uh, prejudiced against is James when he first gets there because he's not only like you knew, but he's from Scotland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Scott is like, <laughs> how dare Scott tell us what to do. <laughs> Um, and I do think that it was, uh, it was good. I mean, I, it must be, maybe it's toned down a little bit, but I know in the original series, they had the actor tone down his Scottish accent so that more people can understand him worldwide universally. Um, but with this new actor, they've just let him keep his, his, uh, Scottish brogue. And, uh, I think it, I think it's, I think it's charming actually. I, I don't have a trouble understanding him. Uh, and if I do, I just put on the subtitles for a couple scenes. <laughs> we leave them on the whole time, so it's okay. You know, <laughs> it's understandable. We do yeah. the, do it for that and Outlander, so you definitely need it. Any uh, any last thoughts about uh, the show, Ashley? No, just um, it's like I had said, it's one of my favorites on TV right now, and um, it's a great easy binge watch if you want to get caught up. They're short seasons. And yeah, I'm just really excited to uh, see where it goes. Michelle? Um, I second that. And uh, I would recommend um, the books. They have never been out of print uh, in the 50 years that they've been out. Um, I definitely recommend picking one one up. And uh, they're very comforting, easy uh read you uh carry that uh during the off season you had just read the one by his son uh about about the real james harriet there's there's two biographies um and there's there's one by his son who is now 80 years old um his son uh jim and his daughter rosie who's in her upper 70s um you can tell that his son absorbed his father's writing style um definitely shows through it starts out a little bit slow uh and then picks up once his dad once he gets his dad through uh, veterinary college and then it really gets interesting um lots of good insights into uh the real life of of everything and um his dad's character yeah, I don't know anything about him other than, you know, this this series really. So mm-hmm. um so it'd be kind of curious. Mike, any last words on the show, at least for now? No, for now. Just I can't wait till next December, early January of twenty twenty four, so I could see the next season. Um 
very curious to do. And come on, PBS or BBC, renew it for a couple more seasons. These these folks like working with each other. The chemistry is there. It's a great, great show. And there's still tons of stories to tell. So I definitely would recommend it. You know, definitely, folks, if you haven't seen it and, you know, A, you know, thank you for listening because, you know, if you haven't seen it and I hope we've whetted your appetite because it is a great show and it is so much fun. And it's not like we Ashley has said, Mike has said, Michelle has said, it doesn't take a long time to binge these because there's only six episodes per season. So it's, it's definitely worth watching and it. It isn't a chore to watch. You will enjoy yourself. And I think most importantly, as Ashley has pointed out, not only is it comfort food, but it's feel good food. Like, Mm -hmm. like when you watch this, you know, I mean, I haven't seen any of The Last of Us, but so many programming now. Uh, it, it's it it you only hear the about the things that the episodes where people are just broken after they watch them, that they're so intensely, uh, well they're just so intense from one reason or another. Usually, if a character is going through something or dying or whatever, that um, you know, or somebody's backstabbed someone else or all this uh, stuff. And I look, I like a good murder mystery. I like all that stuff too. Um, but there's something really just nice about hanging out in the country for an hour. Um, and, uh, I think it's a great palate cleanser. I think it's a great, like, feel good thing, which you go, you know, so you don't have to stress while you watch it. Um, I mean, yes, as we've said, there are certain things that are a little bit more dramatic than others, but, um, overall, it's like things are going to be okay. Things are going to be okay. Uh, and these characters really seem to care at each, about each other and everybody there. Cast crew wise, everybody's doing just top notch work. So it looks good. It sounds good. Uh, the, the score is great. We haven't even talked about the music. Um, but I mean, everything is done uh, very well with this show. It's a well produced show. Um, and I, I recommend it as well. So, well, very cool. Well, thanks uh, for joining us to talk about it. Um, we're going to be right back and we're going to cl- close out the show. Do you love gaming, costumes, and cosplay? Grab some beats and come party with us at Nerdy Graw, a three-day carnival celebration of all things geek. Join the crew for music, entertainment, gaming, cosplay, and celebrity guests including DC Douglas, Steve Jackson, Mark Neer, and Jessica Nova. Friday, March 10th through Sunday, March 12th at the Atlanta Marriott Northeast at Century Center. Visit NerdyGraw.org for more information. Join the crew at Nerdy Graw Share. Put a room at the hotel for a party that's going to last up all weekend. You know what now is a great time for? A promo for Soul Forge Podcast. We talk about love. Loss. Tattoos. Sex. Dating. Stupid things we do for love. Pop culture. Mental health. We've had author interviews. Adventures. And shenanigans. What? Soul Forge Podcast. Where? We're everywhere. Soul Forge Podcast. Subscribe today. Forge your soul. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching us tonight. 
Ashley, thank you for joining us, even though, sadly, you weren't on camera tonight. Yes, yeah. Sorry to um, our YouTube folks. I had a rather intensive eye exam today, so I was told to avoid uh, bright lights and screens. So I'm enjoying coming to you live from my little dark and cozy cave here. <laughs> just just look up pictures of, you know, a clockwork orange. You'll know what Ashley went through today. So Yes. Cool. So, yeah. So you get to see this um, YouTube people, the lovely little pictures of all creatures, great and small, is much more pleasant than seeing my... Um, seeing me at this time <laughs> she looks like an anime person with the big pupils in her yes just like kind, of, kind of that slightly um the uh, frenzied look so anything you want to shout out about yeah um i'm getting uh really excited uh the regional uh con planet comic con in kansas city that um i attend every year is coming up in two weeks so if you're in the midwest region it's always a great time. They've got some great guests uh, coming this year, and um, I just always appreciate how well the event is run. And I actually have my cosplays all done and ready to go, so I'm I'm proud of myself. No last minute rush this year. So is, who are you going uh, as is, this year? Is little one cosplaying too? Yes, uh, she is going to be an Ewok. So we've been trying to practice Aww. keeping the Ewok That's hat awesome. on. So we'll we'll see how that actually goes on the day. But and who are you and your dad going to be cosplaying as? Let's see. So my dad has created a steampunk Doctor Who costume that I'm pretty excited about. Um, I've got uh, going to do Ray, of course. Um, and then um, my new costume is uh, inspired by uh, Renera from House of the Dragon. So I'm excited nice. about that. And I'm at the point where I have too many cosplays. I haven't even decided what I'm going to wear the third day yet. So we'll, we'll just kind of see what I feel like closer to the time. But That's awesome. That's that cool. is really, really awesome. Well, very cool. Michelle, thank you as always for joining us. Anything you want to shout out about? Uh Fan vote for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame going on now. <laughs> How's the voting going right now? Who's in the lead? Uh, I think right now it's George Michael on top. It's a frenzied race between George Michael and Cindy Lauper. Uh, Warren Zevon, I'm a little surprised he's in third place. Um, followed by, I think, Iron Maiden and Soundgarden. That's uh, Wow. Our good friend uh, Van Allen Plexico is trying to lead the charge of getting uh, Iron Maiden all these votes. So uh, he's been voting multiple times a day, I think, or as often With as he can anyway. Different email addresses, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. So, exactly. Right. exactly. <laughs> vote early, vote often. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, as it gets closer, because we still got to wait another almost month and a half mm -hmm. or so. So Almost two months. Yeah. yeah, so go vote, folks, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, yeah, and I think um, uh, you're probably going to piggyback off this as well. Uh, and uh, I just have to give a thanks to H.M. Patterson um, and son uh, at the chapel. Uh, yesterday, we, we said goodbye to our friend Darren Noel. And the service there was great. It was beautiful. Uh, there was a lot of people showed up and told stories, really moving stories. Uh, and I learned a lot about my friend who that, that things that I wasn't really surprised by. And yet I had no idea. It just reaffirmed what a good person he was. 
And uh, but uh, yeah, as you pointed out, Mike, I think uh, I think Darren would have been tickled by the ceremony himself. Uh, <laughs> oh, he would. Uh, I think they did a really good job. They did a really good job, and uh, you know, it's not nothing like that is easy. But when it's done with care like that, you, you it it helps. Oh, it does, and they did they did a fantastic job. And thank you for Darren's family for welcoming everybody to the services his mom was very very with it and was there to thank everybody for being there and darren's brother and his wife were very gracious for everyone you know for being there for darren and he had a very nice nice crowd i was shocked how many people from georgia tech came out yeah and yeah. i was i was totally amazed by that i was like wow and it was it was tough and being there this is and i'm gonna be completely honest this is the first of my friends that i've lost and darren was a friend he was not just a fellow podcaster he was a friend and he meant a lot to a lot of people and i loved seeing how every story was different that but it was all tied together and it just showed how much character he had and you know i think it was really good yeah um, the fact that he could touch so many lives mm -hmm. different kinds of lives in the mm -hmm. in the cosplay circle in the in the geeky circle in the podcast the podcasting circle at georgia tech as you mentioned i was surprised how many of his school elementary school friends showed up like oh yeah he, they were he all really it was funny it was funny because they kept on everybody. going how like what the difference on people for how old they were you know i've yeah. known him since seventh grade i've known him since fifth grade i got you beat first grade you know <laughs> and he had friends there from first grade it was just it was just awesome and it was so touching or you know he helped people who you know were homeless had you know letting them live with him and you know so they didn't have to surf couch and get their lives together he he just was a, such a great soul yeah, and and he will be missed yes and 53 years old is way too young to get out of there so absolutely there, um i know that we're gonna do our own uh yeah. special tribute to him next week should we let's go ahead and announce it right now yeah um next uh monday on the 13th of march we are going to do a special live episode of Earth Station One at starting at 9 p.m. We're going to do a live stream yard um, talking about Darren and just remembering Darren. We're going to have a few of his friends on. People are going to be coming and going, but we'll also have a chat, live chat going. And it also will go up live onto our YouTube channel at the same time. So please, you know, we'll, we'll post ads all over social media about it, you know, with the link where you guys could view and everything like that. So please join us for that. I know it's a yeah. couple episodes away, but you know, the 13th is not that far away. So I say, isn't that just next week? It is uh, it's so next Monday, basically. It's, it's yeah, next Monday. And, and look, if anybody out there uh, can't make the show, can't make that date, can't make the live recording, send us an email, send us of audio, send us your memories of him mm -hmm. thoughts, and we'll try to play as many of those uh, mm -hmm. as we can. That's part of the reason we're going to be using StreamYard is that we're going to be able to play 
the audios live or if somebody sends us a video or something, we'll be able to play that, you know, up on the podcast so other people could share in it and everything. And it's all, you know, it's a celebration to Darren's life. It's not us, you know, going, oh, poor Darren or anything. It's going to be us celebrating the goodness and greatness that was Darren Noel. I think that's the way we have to put it. And that's what we want to do it going forward. So Wonder Warrior lives. Just always remember that. Absolutely. So, so thank you guys, everybody, for joining us tonight. It's been a blast talking about this topic. Ashley, I think you're the one who originally asked if we were going to be doing the episode. <laughs> so, you know, I'm so glad we did this. It was awesome. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Like I said, one of my favorite shows right now. And I think the kind of show that we need in the world. Mm -hmm. I definitely think it's it's something that's better for everybody now. And as for you guys at home, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. Always remember, we couldn't do this without you. If you want to support the podcast, please check out our Tee Public store and get some really cool ESO swag. Also, remember, if you want to listen to our show before the rest of the world, why not join in the ESO Patreon? For as little as a dollar a month, you could help support us here at Earth Station One. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. We want to hear from you, too. Write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you can also find EarthStation One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now EarthStation One, of course, could be found in video format. That's why we're all smiling and happy and everything. You know, please subscribe and tell all your friends about us up on YouTube. You know, like and subscribe, like and subscribe, as we like to say. And feedback is always welcome up there, too. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Faber, and of course... The great Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Michelle Borg, and Ms. Ashley Pauls, thank you for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate you guys as always. You know, just have a great week. Hug your loved ones. And you know what? Get your pets spayed and neutered. Thanks. We'll see you. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Earth Station One. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.